There are a lot of people who lie and get away with it. This week on Inside Jobs, Brian, Gene, and Lee investigate the marijuana conspiracy. After years of growing wild across the U.S. and being used for various industrial applications, marijuana was outlawed in the 1930s after the public became aware of its links to crime and miscegenation. But was this public campaign the result of a big business conspiracy? Joining me to discuss why pot is illegal are civilian investigator Eugene Federal Bureau of Narcotics O'Neill. Hey now! And conspiracy expert Lee Golden. I smoke two joints in time of peace and two in time of war. I'm historian Brian Lane. Welcome to Inside Jobs. Did you say miscegenation during that intro? Yeah. Doesn't that mean uh, racial mixing? Yes. Oh, I thought that meant uh, hating women. Such a miscegenist, dude. Uh, no, that is definitely part of what we're going to talk about, Gene. Oh, okay. Well, I thought I was going to be comically misunderstanding something. Apparently, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be uh, uncomically explained something by Brian. Yeah, I'm just going to go the other way and be really racist. Well, Gene, you couldn't be any more racist than the reasons why marijuana is illegal. In this <laughs> yes, exactly. Which is, I believe, what we're going to cover today, my friends. Is that uh, a gauntlet you just dropped on the ground, Lee? Um, it is the arcade game gauntlet on the ground because I broke it because it's so freaking frustrating. Okay, well, uh, ch- challenge accepted. Okay. Well, be- before uh, before we get into the show, though, I want to um, applaud. Yes, Brian has torrential diarrhea. <laughs> and... It is not torrential. It is disagreeable. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, As opposed to the agreeable diarrhea that you yeah. had the week before. <laughs> Some amiable diarrhea I had. <laughs> well, it was the best birthday present I received that year. <laughs> From Montezuma. Um, um so no but gene i wanted to congratulate you on a on a great guest appearance on the weekly dictator oh thank you it was a it was a great episode you told some great jokes i think you presented our little show very well i did i stole all their listeners yeah i want for people who didn't listen i wanted to play a little clip so that they have an idea of what gene was saying on the show that would be me people who didn't listen (laughs) Shit. Here we go. Gene, what do you have to plug? Uh, plug, plug all your stuff. Yeah. Well, I uh, I co-host the podcast Inside Jobs. Never heard of it. A conspiracy theory podcast, um, tonally similar to this one. So yeah, I thought that was a great appearance. (laughs) Yeah. Man, why did you have to play that? Now I know what my voice sounds like, and it's gonna be (laughs) fucking with me the entire show. That was such a meta plug. You were plugging our own show by plugging someone else's show with our guy plugging our show. Oh, that- yeah. I hate this. We're in an infinite regress now. Yeah. This top is never going to stop spinning. And now I'm going to be talking with a much lower voice throughout the show. <laughs> <laughs> yes. During the show, you'll be tortured uh, by the way your voice sounds. Lee will be tortured by the desire to pick up a marijuana cigarette. And I will be tortured by the diarrhea I got from that Japanese restaurant I ate yes. at last night. The torrential diarrhea. <laughs> this is going to be a great one. 
Awesome. Uh, Let's get now, into it. Now, here, I think we should all have a, a confessionary period uh, at the beginning of the show because none of us have smoked marijuana. We are on the straight and narrow, correct? Yes. Marijuana is tobacco, right? Uh, yes. Just yeah. say no is what they say. None yeah, of us... I'm- None of us have bought pot from the Temple Synagogue's uh, president's son, then snuck past our mom with banger to smoke it with our dad. Right. None of us have smoked so much marijuana in Amsterdam that we passed out at a bar and then were dragged outside and fed sugar cubes to revive us. None of us have had a serious sit-down conversations with our mothers about why there was marijuana and Preparation H in our travel bag <laughs> while at our cousin's wedding. None of us have smoked our first bong toke and then wandered into the common area of the dorms and accused the drug dealers of putting PCP inside the marijuana. None of us have gone to Lee's house the last day that we lived in Santa Cruz, hit the gravity bong so hard that we passed out and slept on the couch. So I think we're, you know, we're pretty... So we're the least equipped to discuss that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All of the information that we're going to tell in this show is just going to be based on research, hard factual research about what, you know, what the history of this country's relationship with marijuana is. Reefer right. Madness is basically our authority. Yeah. And by research, I mean having um, a crippling addiction to pot for about 10 years before finally getting over it. Which, hey, congratulations, Lee. I hope this show is not a struggle, as I said it would be. Brian, we can pause for you if you need to. No, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm just shitting right now. Okay. <laughs> you got one of those like NASA space shooters shitters where you just kind of plug your butt into a spaceship. Space shooters where they <laughs> fire your shit into outer space. Yeah, to hit the Russians. Yeah. Unfortunately, this one's a collectible signed by Buzz Aldrin. <laughs> uh. Yes, uh, uh, as, as three dudes who went to UC Santa Cruz, we have our experience with marijuana. And uh, I think what is funny about talking to people about marijuana, and especially legalization, is how much utter rancid bullshit people talk about why it should be legal or the history of why it's illegal. But there is an actually very controversial story if you go back long enough and look at the ways that this country tried to outlaw um cannabis initially and why it remains so which is that dave matthews band is better when you're stoned (laughs) you mean is is good at all when you're stoned (laughs) (laughs) but um i I mean basically cannabis has been around for thousands of years uh it's it's weird when you're thousands brian we haven't even been around for thousands of years um yes we have since the days that Jews buried dinosaur bones to test yeah. our faith, people right. have been smoking marijuana. Right. I guess Mar- God technically created marijuana the same day he created man. Uh, I, so, uh, as I was saying, uh, <laughs> cannabis has been around for 600 years. And uh, if you look back Just at... Just like ancient, humans. <laughs> if you look back at ancient societies, there is uh, some reference to people using it. So... Um, Yes. A lot of uh, a lot of civilizations that were moving from like Mongolia or like mm-hmm. the steppe out uh, west towards Europe uh, smoked a lot of pot. Um, there's evidence that it exi- that hemp was used um, as an industrial or, or sorry, not as an industrial, but as an artisanal product in ancient China as well. 
And um, I think one of the one of the most famous ones. I'll let Lee talk about it. It's yes. a couple hundred years old, but it's also awesome. Yes, um, ancient societies uh, such as the first cast of Saturday Night Live uh, used copious amounts of marijuana. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not sure what, what, what you wanted me to get at. I mean, I know the, that we were, we were just talking about it before the Hashishin. Oh, right. Okay. So the, the term assassin actually comes from the term Hashishin, which were these ancient, um, assassin warriors who, um, apparently, uh, smoked a lot of hash and, uh, would go out and murder people. And I know that in college I would smoke hash and play Assassin's Creed. Um, so pretty much that happens to be true. Yeah, uh, this guy would, um, um, abduct folks, like abduct children, and then put them into, uh, this castle that he had in the Levant, and just get them hell of high, and have them serviced by, you know, a beautiful women, and then- Children? W- yeah, yes, he would, he would basically, um- He would get children stoned, and then they would get- serviced yes and then he would he would when this was a multi-year process so they'd be living in this sort of paradise for ages and then he would be like he would take them away from it and say if you want to go back you have to go murder these guys and that man Uh, was my dad (laughs) that was about uh 11 the 1100s but uh yeah that's where we get the word hashish and uh it just gives you a little background of of some of the more illicit ways that cannabis was used over the years yeah but the don't first... forget george washington wrote the constitution on rolling papers man <laughs> george well, washington actually... grew uh marijuana at his uh at his uh his home and so did thomas jefferson one one of them i think it was george washington it was like the main crop that he had on his plantation yeah, hemp back in Ver- back- Mount Vernon, 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 Vernon. But the first marijuana law in the country uh, that we ever had was dates back to before the the formation of the United States as we know it, and goes back to 1619. And in the Jamestown colony, um, you actually there was actually a law that required farmers to grow hemp. You had to grow hemp because it was so necessary for ropes and all kinds of stuff that needed to be used. So. Yeah, God, I mean, they needed so much rope back then. <laughs> yeah, everything was everything was rope. How else are you going to tie up your wife and kids? Yeah. Damn it, that was going to be my joke. Um, it's not a joke. Yeah, Brian. The... it's a serious thing. Okay, if yeah, you had Brian. a wife and kids, you would understand that tying them up is only okay on the weekends. You had to tie them to a tree so that they didn't try to do anything, like turn yeah. into witches, yeah. <laughs> or or ruin your ability to grow, or hair. run away with Native Americans, or be or in fucking... a Tim Burton movie. <laughs> or fucking be a buzz kill or be a buzz aldrin kill <laughs> that's what i'm doing right now aka old age the uh the uh the reason that so many colonists were growing hemp is exactly as lee said it was mandated by the crown but um also it was just something that was very usable it was something that you could turn into rope uh hemp oils were used in other um in producing other artisanal and industrial products, uh, as well as uh, paper. And Gene alluded to this sort of urban legend that the Declaration of uh, Independence is printed on hemp paper. It is not. It is printed on parchment. But that is one of those, like, pot urban legends that will not die. So I'm not going to let it die. Yeah, well, even though I just told you what it really is printed on, yeah, well, 
That's because you're working for the man. And that's really what this show is about, is taking all of the coolest conspiracy theories in urban legends and totally making them uncool by having Brian and I tell the actual facts behind it. (laughs) Right. But that's why I'm here, to make sure that they stay cool. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, Just like staying in school. mm -hmm. Which you can't do if you're smoking so much pot. Right. So, uh, hemp, hemp was produced in the United States for a long period of time, and it was known under that name, hemp. Um, it was mostly used uh, for rope producing and, and uh, um, fabric produ- producing. But in the uh, American Southwest, it was used as the way that we know about today. They were smoking it. Right. This was they common. used it to uh, make 2001 Space Odyssey make sense. <laughs> yeah, they um they they smoked it in, in Mexico, probably why they lost the Mexican American War a little bit too high. Uh it's just hanging out in the chill out tent instead of fighting the battle of Pueblo. Um but uh but yeah, it was it was fairly common and common to the point that it could also just grow wild. Um there are reports that up through even the nineteen thirties hemp just grew on like the sides of roads in, in the desert. Hence the term weed. I mean it was just basically like weed. Yes, it was it was a legitimate weed. It was uh something of a nuisance for a lot of farmers out in uh on the West Coast. Right. And um if those dumb cops were around today, they would just arrest the side of the road for growing weed. Well, I think there were some dumb cops around in those days. The Keystone cops, <laughs> but they were so hilarious. <laughs> yeah, they couldn't arrest their way out of a paper bag to hilarious results. Wait, arresting people is a way to get out of a paper bag? Yeah, it was the 20s. Things did not make any sense. Okay, because no one could drink. Right. Uh, which is actually something I wanted to mention. So, um, this country has a hin- history of temperance movements, and um, these are societies that are devoted to trying to outlaw alcohol. And they existed throughout the 19th century, and they're predominantly um, formed and run by women, specifically Christian women. And the oh, big surprise! <laughs> <laughs> you know those fucking buzzkills—they couldn't be tied up anymore because there's I mean, no going to be like Irish Catholic men who started this t- this movement. <laughs> Sorry, Gina. Yes, or or German immigrants. Of course, no, it was going to be sorry. chicks harshing our mellow. <laughs> <laughs> so so women like Carrie Nation um, promoted the idea that alcohol was bad for women and children because men would get drunk and lose money and fight. <laughs> alcohol. Ch- alcohol is bad for children. She was ahead of her time on that <laughs> yeah, one. seriously. I mean, there's a holistic uh, uh, viewpoint yeah, on The it. science like, is still out on that one, Brian. Alcohol may or may not be cool for kids. Al- uh, alcohol being legal for sale to men, a.k.a. fathers, was bad for children and women because the, it, it caused them to become drunks and abandon their family. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably not too. So, yeah, so temperance societies are probably the most common uh, example of uh, American societies that are devoted to the, the outlaw. temperance, Brennan, from the show Bones. Okay. And, I'm, not uh, sure about, I'm not sure about that reference, Lee. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Cutting that one out too. Yeah, cut that one. <laughs> no, I, I, it's got to stay in. <laughs> okay. Uh, yes, but uh, it, it's one of the primary examples of a morality-based attempt to outlaw an economic product, uh, that being alcohol. 
And yes, exactly. It did succeed. In, in 1919, they were able to outlaw it through a constitutional amendment. This is after several states and counties around the country uh, had outlawed it ahead of time. And so alcohol was outlawed during the Prohibition era. It was illegal to produce, ship, or sell it, but it wasn't illegal to consume it if you already had it. Um, but uh, that will... So it was legal to just mail it around the country. uh yes as long as you're mailing it in an unmarked truck that had driven in from canada that better be some sending alcohol (laughs) unless you Um, were joe kennedy and you were collaborating with mobsters to get it into state lines exactly or if you were jewish actually you could since it was for religious purposes you could drink as much shitty manischewitz as you want because we have many religions that i mean uh, religious holidays that encourage us to drink including the holiday of purim in which you're supposed to get so drunk you don't know the difference between good and evil. Did Joe Kennedy, that's John F. Kennedy's father, yes? Yes. Did he, was he a bootlegger? Did he make his money bootlegging? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, that's... Is that where the Kennedy family fortune comes from? Part of where it comes from, yeah. America. (laughs) What a country. Totally (laughs) awesome. But there were also uh, uh, groups that were interested in outlawing other forms of intoxicating substances um primarily opium opium was considered a very dangerous drug uh it had sort of an exoticism to it um because it was primarily associated with the heathen chinese um very good at mollifying the chinese yeah and also once once you encounter that dragon you were just chasing him for the rest of your life it was seen as a very bad thing. But then other drugs were, you know, sort of relegated to a, a, a liminal space where they were, yes, used for certain legitimate medicinal purposes, but then they could also be abused. The abuse wasn't so well known in those days, but uh, the medicinal purposes also rendered things like um, morphine and cannabis. When they were sold by a pharmacist, they had to be labeled as a poison. I'm going to point out that Brian just said liminal in an episode of a podcast about marijuana, which is further yeah. proof that you went to school at UC Santa Cruz. Man, <laughs> I was not going to mention that Brian said liminal because I thought there was such a great chance that he would say it again. And then I was <laughs> going to call him out on it. But now he won't. Thank you, Lee. You're welcome. So the the 20s were this liminal period where... Uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, no, but, uh, but now we have, now we're sort of up to the, the 30s, and this is where the real... Ryan, this is the 21st century. Oh, wait. Guys, who's the president? It's FDR, right? Yeah, we keep, we keep trying to tell you that that Lindy Hop you're mastering is just... (laughs) You should start twerking. Actually, we should go back to the, the turn of the century, um, sort of, um... Mm -hmm right before and around the revolution in Mexico, because a lot of Mexicans uh, started spilling over into the border, uh, over the border um, into the United States. There was the whole punitive expedition where Pershing was going after Pancho Villa after he invaded, I think, a town in New Mexico. Black Jack Pershing. Exactly. Um, And uh, yeah, the punitive expedition, that's where um, General Patton Patton got his uh, his first kicks in battle, but uh, and anyway. it's where Gen- General Patton got his first patent <laughs> yeah. for, for resealable resealable pants. Um, <laughs> he did design his own uniforms, but um, anyway. <laughs> so true fact. Uh, 
So a lot of people... He was also, he was also a decathlon or something? He was a decathlon. Oh, deca- yes, yeah. he was a people decathlon. People competed on him. He was <laughs> ten events. Yeah. He would lie down, you would dive into him. You would jump over him, you would run around him. Play patty cake him. with him. He was an obstacle course from a Big Brother challenge. Um, uh, Dan and Dave did that promo about him. <laughs> right. So there's a lot of racism about these folks coming across the border because they they were known to smoke marijuana, spelled with and an H. And when we say folks, we mean the lazy Mexican, right? Well, it was actually not that they were lazy. It was that they were stealing jobs. Right. <laughs> uh, Which is something was, that no one complains about to this day. Yes, the the complaint then and the complaint now about Mexican immigrants is totally different. We've come a long way because we now really we even know them as the industrious spine of the nation, Mexicans. Our racism yeah. racism is mostly based on their spants and tear tattoos, not on uh, them taking their jobs. Also, their love of Morrissey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then also people were racist uh, against uh, uh, black folks who also were known to smoke marijuana in the sort of really? jazz and art scene. Wait, wait, wait. In this country? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're thinking um, of another country, Lee. Yeah, we're um, a post-racial of, society. Yeah, you must be thinking country. of the second greatest country or less. <laughs> the second through 136th greatest countries. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> it's Palau. <laughs> um, it's Bhutan, the world's happiest country, where the king <laughs> looks like Elvis. It does. But people were people were racist against black people. Black people in the art scene were known to smoke marijuana too. So it became associated with this thing that uh, people that white people hated uh, did. And since white people were in charge of this country, um, it made it really easy for people to hate marijuana. So. This was, this was, you know, the, the distrust of marijuana was sort of a, a low level thing at the time, but it really took two figures to really push it forward. And their reasons Bill Clinton. for. Well, he didn't inhale Lee. Chi Chen Chong. That was Gene who said that. <laughs> uh, have you ever actually watched a Chi Chen Chong movie? Yep. Not all the way through. <laughs> it's. It's it's terrible. It's awful. It, yeah, they're they, bad movies. They definitely wrote that shit when they were stoned because it just goes on forever and there's nothing funny. Nope, you're yeah, wrong. I saw those in high school and awesome. I was like, I guess you had to be five years old to find these funny. Or super high. <laughs> no, you have to be super high to get Adventure Time. Oh, okay. Good point. <clears throat> you're... You're probably talking about one of them is probably Harry J. Anslinger, and the other one's probably William Randolph Hearst, right? Right. So let's let's talk about Hearst. Um, he was a douche. Guy. He was a douche. Um, he was Orson Welles. He was Orson. <laughs> he was Orson Welles. Charles Foster Kane. In Xanadu did Kubla Khan a stately pleasure dome decree. Um, so sort of the news on the March version of, of Hearst's life is that he moved out west, bought a bunch of newspapers, and then basically shaped the news uh, in this country to his whims. And Fired my grandfa- great-grandfather, who I'm named after for being a Jew, but then rehired him. Um, after he was done doing some uh, anti-communist strike-breaking in Hawaii. 
fired him for being a Jew, rehired him for being a Jew. <laughs> yeah, you exactly. provide the photos, I'll provide the war on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, top which, yes. ten gene jokes. Yes, uh, Hearst, uh, Hearst basically controlled the news along with like Pulitzer um, uh, out of New York. And it was Who never won his own prize, ironically. Sell newspapers. That was basically what they were doing. Whoa, it was a revolutionary business practice for the publication <laughs> yeah. industry. The old business model was do not sell newspapers. <laughs> Let them read it without paying for it, yeah. and then they could return it whenever they wanted. Borrow the newspaper. <laughs> Uh, no, the, the, their mandate was to sell newspapers regardless if the news was true or if it was uh, overly salacious or immoral to report. They would go after scandalous stories and invent hearsay about people. And yes, as Gene said, they both, uh, Pulitzer more than Hearst, but they both really uh, basically got this country into the Spanish-American War of 1898 yep. by inventing the Spanish menace in Cuba so close to our shores. Um, Most of the Onion, our dumb century, is actually just rebranded from Hearst Rags. Yeah, exactly. Um, but Hearst, um, Hearst was not just a newspaper man. He also controlled, uh, you know, acres and acres and acres of timberland, where yep. he would, you know, get uh, cut down, cut down the trees himself. You pulp mean, it. You mean acres and acres of timberland franchises? Uh, acres and acres of Timbaland, the rap producer. Guy really let himself go in his later years. <laughs> I mean, first it was Missy, and then it was M.I.A. He just really, you know, lost the ball. Um, but no, he so he was able to produce his the the actual physical paper onto which his newspapers were printed, and so it was a real, you know, he was saving the money there. Uh, but he was also printing the paper for other newspapers and periodicals and uh, books and whatnot. So he really had a, a pretty, he was sitting pretty, basically, in terms of pulp production in this country. And that is when the decorticator was invented, uh, which is, it's basically the cotton gin, but of pot. Um, it was a machine that would allow... Um, the efficient and affordable uh, pulping of hemp to be used to create paper. Before, it had been too expensive a process to hire workers to do this. But with this machine, they were able to use, they were able to produce it, uh, you know, cheaper than it is to produce pulp uh, from from uh, wood. And so there was this fear that he had that hemp would overtake timber in the production of actual physical paper. Mm -hmm. And there were other industrial, um, other industrial concerns that uh, hemp would take over in the the, uh, textile market as well. I think nylon was just being invented at the time. So there was other business interests they wanted. So it it appeared that Hearst uh, and uh, businessmen from DuPont were threatened by the decorticator and the introduction of hemp as DuPont a... chemicals, to clarify. Yes. Um, they were they were threatened by the ability of these companies, uh, of the decorticator, uh, to kind of undersell them in terms of raw 
production material. And so they're very worried about the introduction of hemp as an industrial product. They were cornering the pants market in Santa Cruz. <laughs> you idiot. Those are cargo shorts. <laughs> made of hemp. <laughs> uh, and belts made of rope. Yeah. Hemp rope. And the hacky sack market. One time I stayed at this bed and breakfast that, that had uh, hemp shampoo. That shit was fucking awful. Uh. What are you doing? What? It, this isn't cleaning my hair. It's just making it feel starchy. Yeah, we don't have to make everything out of hemp. Like, yeah, we get it. It's a flexible, uh, you know, material, but you don't it's have a, to make... It, yeah, it's a versatile material that makes shitty products. Yeah, we yeah. don't need hemp soap. And hemp uh, dish detergent. Right. I started making hemp cigarettes because they're supposed to be better, and then I just got super high, so I had to start. Yeah. Fuck you, hemp. <laughs> and fuck you, shemp. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, stupid stooge. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they also made we're... a stooge out of hemp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his name was actually stooge, period, hemp. Stooge. <laughs> Why would there be a period? It's not abbreviated. Okay, so they were really threatened by the introduction of a new stooge named Hemp. <laughs> named Shemp. And so they began, uh, the, or, or at least the story goes, that they began a propaganda campaign aimed at the public as well as political officials in order to introduce them to the concept that marijuana was a terrible drug. But and, very fun to say. Yeah. Up until that point, marijuana uh, was not the word used for hemp. Hemp was. Mm -hmm. uh, but they introduced this word, marijuana, from Mexico that was used to describe... Uh, I like a, Brian's dad-like insistence on saying it in the Spanish accent. <laughs> uh, it's, I only like to say it that way because at the marijuana. time... Marijuana! Well, it was, at the time, it was spelled with an H. Right. So, M-A-R-I... H U A N A, oh, like uh, which Jehovah. I think is funny. Um, so marijuana. Has to spell marijuana on the floor. Yeah. Remember that part in Annie Hall when uh, Woody Allen sneezes into the marijuana? Yeah. No, it's coke. Uh, it's white marijuana. <laughs> okay, sure. Um, yeah. So they introduced this term marijuana, and the idea was. Let's associate this with blacks and Mexicans and all of the fears that people have of them. White people, I should specify. And it worked like a freaking charm. It worked like I a mean, fucking charm. Let's be honest here. It's a great propaganda ploy to associate any kind of thing you want to turn into anathema with blacks and Mexicans. The, the, and so one of the people that he was able to convince with this campaign was uh, um, a fucking antslinger. Oh, this guy's such a D-biscuit. Yeah, Harry Anslinger, who um, was a uh, government official. Excuse me. He was in the Treasury official. Department originally, right? Yes, who worked in the Treasury, Treasury Department and moved into the Treasury Department's Federal Bureau of, of Narcotics in 1930. Which was and a so new... He moved in there to live? Uh, yeah. yeah, well, he was homeless because... <laughs> World War One and the Bonus Army really cost us a pretty penny, so we didn't really have enough money to pay him. But we were like, "Hey, you can sleep in this nest under your under your desk." That's nice. And so, some really nice bushes you can sleep in. So uh, I mean, pubic it was, hair was so big back in the day. 
It, it was the depression. We were filling a lot of holes in our government with homeless people. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so this is just a newly formed organization, the FBN, the Federal Bureau of Narcotics, and he was uh, named the director. Yeah, so they went to a Hooverville and they got him and they put him in office. And for a while there, he wasn't even focused on marijuana. It was mostly opium. Mm-hmm. And the um, that slowly changed as this propaganda coming out of Hearst's newspapers, as well as uh, that supported by the DuPont company, sort of uh, sort of got his attention. And so he started spreading information about uh, that basically was straight from the Hearst company that was marijuana will lead to uh, interracial rape and sex and the drugging of, I, I'm i sorry, it seems a party has started outside on the block. Can you hear that music? Oh, Brian's least favorite thing. <laughs> <laughs> I can't hear any of this shit that you guys are talking about. God, hold on. It's so loud. You it's guys so have loud. unidirectional and... microphones. And every Saturday for Brian is like Christmas Day for Scrooge. For Ebenezer Scrooge. <laughs> he has a hallucinatory flashback in which he sees his past, present, and future. Yeah. <laughs> then he buys a turkey for a cripple yes. boy. The ghost of Saturday future. And also and he's st- Bill Murray. <laughs> oh man, how great would that be if Brian was Bill Murray? Yeah, and we were friends. Yeah. Um, <laughs> man, Brian, and then you could look at yourself naked as Bill Murray. <laughs> My wildest dream, my wildest dream come true. Yeah. The best part is every day would be the same day, so I could look at it every day. Mm-hmm. And you could hug, uh, what's her name, Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Listfully, that would be a hell of a thing. Listfully, I think you mean lustfully. <laughs> uh, listlessly. Is listfully the opposite of listlessly? Yeah. <laughs> Listfully, he was at a tilt. Yeah, to be full of list. Why don't we take a break here? (laughs) We'll be right back with some more bullshit on Inside (laughs) Fucking Jobs. Is there anything here I haven't tried yet? The funniest cigarettes I ever saw. Funniest cigarettes I ever tasted. Here, Burma, try one of these on your algebra. What are they? I don't know. We try Tony's giggle water, let's try his giggle weed. jobs so this guy henry anslinger was pulled out of a hooverville and put into office as the director of the federal bureau of narcotics and he immediately he immediately bought into the hearst and dupont propaganda that uh marijuana was leading to you know despoiling the youth of america uh, despoiling the real f- our pure white lineage that is exactly <laughs> what it was would you like to hear a quote uh, about what he said about um the effects of marijuana? Please. Nah, I'm good. This is a, this is a report. Uh... <laughs> this is a oh, report. Brian loves it so much. <laughs> I, I got one, too. So we, why don't we just go back and forth with different ancillary sure. quotes? 
uh, colored students at the University of Minnesota partying with white female students, smoking marijuana, and getting their sympathy with stories of racial persecution. Result, pregnancy. <clears throat> Reefer makes darkies think they're as good as white men. <laughs> two Negroes took a girl 14 years old and kept her for two days under the influence of hemp. Upon recovery, she was found to be suffering from syphilis. There are 100,000 total marijuana smokers in the U.S., and most are Negroes, Hispanics, Filipinos, and entertainers. Their satanic <laughs> music, jazz, and swing result from marijuana use. This marijuana causes white women to seek sexual relations with Negroes, entertainers, and any others. Anyone, Jesus Christ. Anyone who does anything to help a child in his life is a hero to me. <laughs> oh, here's the one that who said that, about That was actually the, um... a Fred Rogers quote. Oh, okay. Uh... Um, Sorry, what were you going to say, Lee? Here's the one where he had the definition for Hashashin's Creed. Um, in the year 1090, there was founded in Persia the religious and military order of the assassins, whose history is one of cruelty, barbanity, or barbarity. I was like, what the fuck <laughs> is barbanity? That's like listfulness. And murder. And for good reason. The members were confirmed users of hashish or marijuana. And it is from the Arabs Hashashin that we have the English word assassin. Wow. This guy was anti-pot, to say the least. Yeah. Um, but so, uh, in about 1936, that's when we have the film Reefer Madness, which is part of a series of films that were, uh, you know, meant to show how marijuana was bad and how it would basically drive you insane. The stories that they were telling were that, uh, you know, smoking, smoking dope would result in you going totally insane, committing crimes, uh, you know, fraternizing with racial uh, minorities and all sorts of other things that were considered menacing to, you know, suburban parents throughout the United States. Uh, yeah. If, if you ever thought watching Reefer Madness is funny... Uh, that's kind of true, but it's way better to just watch highlights on YouTube because it's also fucking boring. It's, yeah, boring. It's only like a half an hour or an hour long or something, but it's still boring as balls. Really boring. Um, um you know, all the, all the, here's, here's my response to all the racial bullshit about, about marijuana, which we of course now know is not true, but, uh, there was this one time where I was living in Oakland, um, and my apartment was just like filled with marijuana smoke and, um, I was listening to like the local jazz station. It was like playing like jazz music, like, doo -doo 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 -doo. and like these two uh, black gentlemen showed up at the door and they were both wearing suits uh, and they had Bibles and they were <laughs> asking me if I had heard the good news. So here's like the white guy in Oakland, like listening to jazz music and smoking mad fat dudes and like the two black people in the neighborhood are wearing suits and uh, trying to give me the Bible. I'm not. I'm not seeing the irony of this. Lee. That was for, uh, that was a scene in that John Travolta movie, White Man's Burden, right? Oh man, that's so John Travolting. <laughs> uh, I just looked at the cast list for Reefer Madness. The main character's name is Mary Lane. Oh, that's like, my last name. Like you, <laughs> man. Maybe I'll go insane smoking pot. It happened already. <laughs> at my house, apparently, which I don't remember at all. Um, Brian, you always tell me stories about things that I did in college. And I'm like, who the fuck was that? <laughs> 
I did not own tapes of the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. You did. You oh, had okay. to have. Okay, never mind. Maybe, or maybe we just talked about it. Okay. That's the same thing. It's <laughs> um, being addicted to drugs. And so, uh, so Anslinger was really promoting this despite the fact that, um, you know, government studies, uh, you know, medically studied marijuana and uh, disproved everything that he was claiming, uh, like the LaGuardia Committee, for instance. Um, and so it was really, uh, you know, it was this big business run by Hearst influencing the government trying to outlaw marijuana. And what they did is, or at least this is how the story goes, is they sold Congress this piece of legislation to outlaw marijuana. The 1937 Marijuana Tax Act. Exactly. It was, it was, it used the word marijuana and what was claimed, uh, by, uh, marijuana proponents, I guess, later on, is mm -hmm. that the Congress had no idea that what they were actually outlawing was the same thing as hemp. Yeah. Which, you know, still had its uses. People were else, wise, wildly misinformed in Congress. People didn't know what this was. Like, people came into the chamber like, wait, what is this? Some drug thing? Okay, yeah, let's vote against it. But marijuana had already been illegal. Yeah, exactly. Well, they still can't read. That's how we got the Patriot Act passed. Oh, yeah, they're just like it's called the Patriot Act. Yeah, Patriot Act is spelled P-A-T-R-Y-O-T-F-U-C-K. But um, anyway, there have been other states that had um... Patriot Act. Fuck. <laughs> there was there the was Patriot other... Fuck Act. You're required to fuck a patriot. <laughs> that is that should be a law. <laughs> Yeah, it's really important that you have fuck in everything you do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Smoke some weed, bitches. Yeah, let's get high and uh, yeah, talk about how our daughters are kind of hot. Uh, anyway, so um, uh, so there's other states that had prohibited marijuana up to that point: Wyoming, Texas, Iowa, Nevada, Oregon, Washington, Arkansas, and Nebraska from 1915 all the way up to 1927. So. Um, here we go from the first law about marijuana being that you had to grow it to 1937, you cannot use it. Um, and, uh, it passed because people were misinformed. There was one doctor that came in to testify against it. Um, his name was like Wood, Woodward or something, Woodstein. Oh, Bernstein. Yeah, it was it was what it was Woodward, Doctor William C. Woodward. I just found in my notes here. So he came in and basically said, like, this is a bunch of horseshit. There's no evidence that any of this stuff happens. Um, and Congress was basically like, why don't you come in here with something constructive instead of something negative? As though <laughs> the idea that smoking a harmless weed makes people have sex with black people and assassinate people was not a negative position, but whatever. Um, so, yeah, he was basically just, like, slapped down. Um, and there's a famous um, quote um, where someone said that someone in Congress was like, wait a minute, is the American Medical Association um, okay with this? And someone else said, yeah, the American Medical Association guy, Woodward, came down here and he said they're 100% behind it. So it's like yeah. – it was just like a, a dog and pony show, just a total catastrophe and uh, it passed. So, so once marijuana was made illegal, um, at the federal level, uh, it remains so today, but, uh, increases in sentencing, uh, occurred as well during the 1960s when marijuana became more popular. I don't know if you've ever heard of a little thing called hippies, but, uh, they really enjoyed smoking dubes. 
and uh, you know, it got to the point where a lot of these people who were smoking uh, marijuana in the 1960s and 70s became politically active and worked yeah. towards legalization. So yeah. legalization Seattle movement. Seven. <laughs> well, it's, it's a Hoffman. huge part of the counterculture movement in any yeah. kind of generation of counterculture movement. You know, there's the hippies. There was the beatniks. I mean, all these people smoked marijuana. Flash forward today, there's like there's hip hop people, like you know, all the hipsters. They all smoke pot. So it's like anytime there's some sort of like counterculture group of people, everyone is high, and it's, it kind of makes me wonder, like, if marijuana was legal, would everyone, you know, would like hip hop guys all be like, yeah, smoke weed every day, Dr. Green Thumb, or would they be like? Yeah, Dr- drink shampoo. Yeah, drink shampoo. <laughs> it gets you so fucked up. Yeah, a lot um, of um, yeah. So so if you're aware of any uh, you know marijuana legalization politics these days, uh, it's still illegal. But obviously, the government isn't using the same arguments that it did use during the 1930s. There's not a lot of you know complaining about the. People going crazy or like you'll have sex with black people or anything like that. That's reserved for crack. Yeah. Instead, <laughs> the, the argument, the argument against marijuana is basically nothing. Um, I mean, to your, to its credit, you waste your money and it makes you hell of stupid and you yeah. eat a bunch of food. Like that's the thing is like, okay, there's two camps here. There's like marijuana is the devil. And then there's like, dude, marijuana is the best thing ever. And it's like, let's face it. Like if you're an adult, you should be able to choose to smoke marijuana. But if you smoke it every day and you waste all your time and money and you ruin your relationships with weed, then it's fucking stupid. So, well, I, I, that actually, that, that sort of extends into a philosophical argument because a lot of the information that the marijuana, uh, the legalized marijuana crowd use to promote it is, uh, actually 100% wrong. Um, <laughs> there, there was a time where the medical community believed that marijuana was not addictive, but that is 100% false. While it isn't across yeah, the totally board, addictive. yeah. While it isn't across the board addictive for uh, people, uh, it is physically and mentally addictive uh, as both a behavior and the introduction introduction of a substance into your body. Uh, pe- some people experience withdrawal effects less than others, and so they don't think it's addictive. But it is one hundred percent addictive and can cause serious problems. Anyone who's ever seen someone smoke resin like i had a drug dealer roommate my freshman year in college i was actually put into i think i mentioned you're talking about banger right yeah well no banger was my roommate and then like i had to switch to someone else i think i talked about this on the last episode i don't know if it got made the final episode oh okay well like the computer usually cut out all the stuff you say lee okay (laughs) um but, but yeah we were roommates but then i got swapped for this drug dealer guy and i remember like him just like him and all of his buddies just like scraping resin and smoking that, and it's like, all right, this shit is addictive. And yeah. but you know, or if, or I mean, another thing is there there are some controversial studies that don't exactly pinpoint a definitive result on this, but a lot of evidence uh, that comes from marijuana studies, of which there are few because it is illegal all over the world, um, it, it points to the fact that excessive cannabis use can also uh, really affect psychotic disorders and schizophrenia, schizophrenia yeah. uh, which is definitely a problem that Lee and I know about. Um, but, yeah, not uh, with us, but a person we know. And I've, yes. I've heard, you know, I've, I've met people who have heard voices 
uh, mm. smoking marijuana, like, you know, f- just for me, it just makes me stupid, which is why I choose not to smoke it anymore. But, uh, but yeah, I can, it can have some, some serious effects on people. And, um, there's all, there's, there's not really any evidence that, cause a lot of uh, people who push for legalizing marijuana also claim that it isn't, um, it doesn't damage your lungs. Uh, when you smoke it, but there aren't. If you smoke anything, it's going to damage your lungs. I mean, cigarettes are way more terrible because they have so many more chemicals in them. Tobacco like... smoke is, yeah, obviously bad, but there aren't. There isn't like a definitive answer about how, to what extent, or if if marijuana smoke will uh, will damage your lungs. It's, it can't help. I mean, right. But it's basically saying saying um, there hasn't there haven't been medical tests enough on this. So we're just going to say it doesn't hurt your lungs. Um, yeah, right. Which, which isn't, which isn't a fair claim. It's, and the know, medical marijuana thing is such a joke. I mean, like, <laughs> I, I had my medical marijuana card and it was like the sketchy, the, the sketchiest doctor, like, quote unquote, I've ever been to in my life. There was two employees who were working there. Um, there was a movie screen playing Fast and the Furious while a bunch of people waited. Um, the two employees, they were never actually where they were supposed to be. There was one lady who was just behind the counter and then another man who was opening the door to the doctor. But they were never there if you needed them. They were always outside smoking and then you'd have to be like, oh, hey, I need some help. And they'd be like, oh, all right, whatever. And then they would come in. And but then like the doctor guy like seemed like seriously concerned. Like I came in there and I like made some shit up or I'm like, oh my back hurts or whatever. And he was like, Oh <laughs> man, I'm really sorry. I think marijuana could help you. And I'm like, okay, thanks. And then like the places that, that you go to are so funny because they have like these huge guards outside with like black jackets and like some of them have guns and stuff and they like check your ID and like you go through a metal detector and then when you come in it's like oh welcome to Harborside Health Clinic oh we have different classes you can take yoga our patients go over here to get their medicine it's like bish I am not a patient okay and I do not need <laughs> medicine all right I am a stoner I need some fucking pot in fact I am an impatient and in case you don't get me through this fucking line I'm gonna go down to the goddamn quick stop and get some weed from Jay and Silent Bob so let's just Get this shit moving. It is anyway, curious. end of rant. <laughs> yeah, it's curious that it's still somewhat illegal. I mean, aside from the fact that it's something you can tax, and we know how Obama likes to redistribute all the wealth in this country. Hey, hey, Gene, I like smoking dupes uh, as much as the next man. Uh, in fact, there was a recent article in which people talked about how Barry Obama would always bogart the joints uh, back in Hawaii. True story. While he was uh, smoking pot with his friends in the Choom Gang. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Obama, what do you like doing more, chooming or redistributing all the wealth in this country? Uh, look, Brian, uh, Colt 45 and two zigzags, baby, that's all we need. Uh, let's roll to the park after dark. <laughs> Smoke that tumbleweed. Uh, roll, roll, roll your joints, uh, pick out the seeds and stems, uh, getting high as hell. Uh, rolling through East Palmdale. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> thank you, Th- thank you, Mr. President. Uh, but anyway, what I was—the point I was making—is that yeah, aside from being something that you can tax the shit out of, it's the ultimate consumer drug. It just makes you want to consume junk food. It makes you want to watch TV, uh, where and you can actually tolerate the commercials. Um, we had an episode about fluoridated water and uh, you know its supposed uh, docility promoting effects but that is what marijuana does so it does it achieves all the things that we suspect fluoridated water and chemtrails of doing which is to make us more docile consumers 
Right. And as Anthony Michael Hall says in The Breakfast Club, chicks can't hold the smoke. That's what it is. What? That's what, what Anthony Michael Hall says. About, <laughs> that's what it what, says that's in the Breakfast your, Club. That's your Anthony Michael Hall impression? No, that's what he, in the Breakfast Club, when they're getting high, he does that voice. Oh, wow. Yeah. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, he does. that was really offensive. If that... <laughs> no, it's, that's an Anthony Michael Hall I hope Michael that you Hall just did a dead-on impression just now. <laughs> that's pretty good. It's pretty good. I think this episode is testament is a, a testament to the fact that I do not need weed to be completely crazy. <laughs> Because I'm just thinking back on the last five minutes of this show, and I'm like, good God, what the fuck is going on? I should have well, just studied something real in college. What, what, one of the other um, things that a lot of people will bring up about legalizing marijuana is right now it's a completely illegal um, business. And there are different uh, estimates of how much money marijuana uh, makes in a year in this country. And the estimates are between like 13 and 30 billion dollars which which would make it literally the uh uh the biggest product in the united states if it were a a legal product because everyone gets porn for free right (laughs) um it's it's bigger than cigarettes it's bigger than food uh it's bigger than booze marijuana is just raking it in and so there is the idea as as gene said it, it is a it is pr- promotes com- consumerism, but it also could be taxed. Now, there are differing opinions on how much tax you could get because they can't tax it if it's medical marijuana. Um, but if it's just a consumer product, it could possibly be taxed. However, even though it is a legal business, that doesn't necessarily preclude the involvement of gangs or um, you know organized crime. Yeah, I mean, sex is legal. That doesn't mean that, like, <clears throat> prostitution right. doesn't still exist you know what I mean? right um so currently uh in this country uh the majority i think uh, uh, the figure that i read was 70 percent of the marijuana that enters the united states is coming straight from mexico and the mexican cartels are uh, making about half of their profits f- from the sale of cannabis both in mexico but mostly in the united states and canada and the mexican drug war is fucking obscene uh, yeah, it, it it is it is almost tipping tipping over into one million people dead since uh, I believe 1998, and it is the source of most of the cannabis in this country, as well as heroin and to a certain extent cocaine. But uh, so thanks to is... those stupid racist people who are basically like, oh man, I hate that the fact that there's a couple of Mexican farm workers coming across the border. And they have turned those couple Mexican farm workers into evil Mexican drug lords, cutting people's heads off and leaving them in the street. That really worked out well, racists. But but the, the but the point uh, is is that yes, it is terrible now. But if marijuana were legal in this country, there would be no recourse to selling essentially bootleg product. So yeah. it would ease a lot of the expenses that the cartels would have, and could possibly make the Mexican drug war even worse because oh, they're that's because. A good point. I never thought of that. Yeah, because their market would be so much bigger, and a they lot of have people to hide what they were doing. R- 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 well, I mean, as they would much. have to. Yeah, they would have to smuggle into the country still. But at that point, they could just have a legitimate um, storefront, even. Yeah, it would be uh, the same way as they that they um, smuggle in um, electronics, which is one of the because of NAFTA. There's so many so many more trucks that are coming in between Mexico and the United States, but there's not this you know the same amount of. Um, 
employees who are monitoring those trucks coming in. Like when they, when the amount of trade grew, the number of employees did not grow uh, subsequently. So they launder a lot of their money through uh, smuggling electronics back in the United States. So it would be make it as easy as that, basically. Wait, right. so Brian, sorry to go back. So if they le- fully legalized marijuana, it would make the Mexican drug war even worse? No, it wouldn't necessarily make it work, but there's a possibility that it could because uh, a lot of the things that they're that the you know Mexican cartels are fighting over, they would just have easier access to to push all the drugs up into this country. They'd have easier access to heads that they could cut off. Yeah. Oh. They, who is do, working a gun in the background? That would be oh, that's me. me. I'm, gonna, I'm part <laughs> that of the Mexican cartel. He is a member of Los Zetas. Yeah. That would be <laughs> Lee, who is uh, taking a gun apart and putting it back together with a blindfold on. <laughs> well, you always podcast blindfolded. Yeah, I'm a Hashashin, that's why. Um, so there's that, and then there's also, as I mentioned earlier, a lot of uh, marijuana advocates will say that there are no poor health effects to uh, smoking marijuana but there it, there just simply isn't evidence we don't really know what the the health effects are because it's impossible to get funding to do a scientific to perform scientific research on what those effects could be so if we suddenly legalized pot and you know marijuana smoking exploded in this country we really have no idea how much money that would drain out of uh, the, the healthcare industry. Yeah. Healthcare. Like how many more people would have possibly lung or, um, psychological ailments because there's, they have cleaner and better access to marijuana and their intake could possibly balloon. Hmm. So yeah, wow. there's a lot of, there's a lot of ins and outs in a lot uh, of what have yous and a lot of <laughs> dingleberries. Uh, but, but no, there's, there's a lot of elements. Well, remember that squid I was eating. Oh, yeah. Um, Jesus. No, but, but, but essentially it comes down to. What a gross thing to eat, by the way, Brian. No wonder you're What are you doing eating squid? Squid is delicious. Are you guys insane? Stop Squid should only be used, uh, to be killed by Kirk Douglas in 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Haven't you ever had, like, calamari or something? Uh, oh, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, are you eating, that is squid. Are you eating raw squid or are you eating calamari? No, it was basically calamari. It was like are you a, slurping um, up tentacles like noodles. No, it's yeah. called yaki. Were it's you called yakitori. The scene from Old Boy. Yeah, basically was the one. The one in the um, in the flashback where he fucks his daughter. Uh, that's a spoiler, Brian. Spoiler, sorry. Okay, yeah, let me, Brian. Let me do okay, it. listen. I eat grilled veggie burritos and whole wheat tortillas with brown rice and black beans, like a real red-blooded American. Okay. Oh my god, <laughs> you San Francisco hippie. <laughs> um, but no. So, sort of my point was that there are a lot of reasons that marijuana being illegal you know, is possibly a good thing. But then there are a lot of reasons where it could be a, a good thing to legalize it. But what it comes down to is an ideological difference between why, you know, the the typical argument, why are cigarettes and alcohol legal if marijuana isn't? Uh, enforcing a moral a moral judgment on the consumption of a substance or a product would seem to be at odds with what the American project and the American constitution guarantee. And then there's a motorcycle going by, so. 
Can we, can, guys, can we quickly list off, each of us list off top three things that we we think should be illegal instead of marijuana? Um, uh, top. Okay. Who wants I'm, to start? I'm going to go the designated hitter. Um, I'm going to go further Fast and the Furious episodes. Um, and um, YouTube video trolling. Mm, those are pretty good. Yeah, because a guy just started a YouTube channel called Lee Golden Sucks. So uh, if you want to help me with that, go on to Lee Golden Sucks <laughs> and tell that asshole that he actually sucks and Lee Golden's great. Lee, I left multiple comments on that. I did not hear oh, a thank you. <laughs> I, thank you, Gene. I want to officially tell you on the, the air. I mean, I'm saying the air in air quotes. Thank you. That was the best one so far. Um, I apologize. I did not thank you. Yeah. Uh, I would say I would like to make illegal this conversation. <laughs> uh, no, I would like to make illegal the ability of my friends to cancel plans in the middle of this show. <laughs> Aside from that, I don't, I don't care about anything. That just really upsets me. Gene? Everything that I want to be illegal is illegal. Oh, okay. Hey, Brian, I, I forgot to tell you, Gene and I, uh, we gotta cancel the show today, so. Yeah, I can't finish this one out. You're gonna have to do the calls by yourself. Uh, well, thanks guys for being good to me for so long. Yeah, we held out as long as we could. Well, this was being good to you, making fun of you <laughs> constantly in front of tons of people. Yeah. Jesus yeah, Christ. That's yeah, tons of people. Um, no, but so let's, let's sort of rant it out. Uh, Gene, marijuana, il, the, the fact that a mar- marijuana is illegal, inside job or not? I'm going to say it is an inside job. Wow. I always say it's an inside job. Yeah, that's oh, okay. your job on the show. <clears throat> that's your inside uh, job. That's the conspiracy, is that Gene always sides with the conspiracy no matter how crazy it is. Yeah. Lee, what do you think? Oh, absolutely. This is an inside job. This is your classic inside job. It's money. It's racism. It's douchey white guys deciding that they know what's best for all of us. Absolutely A1 inside job. Those pieces of shit. I, I'm going to say it's not an inside job. Um, oh, God. Oh, Professor gonna, Facts over here. I'm going to say that because I'm a narc. <laughs> Fuck. We're going to shut down. You always say that it's down. not an inside job. It's fucking irritating. <laughs> Sorry. No, I just think that um, uh, America's interest in uh, disallowing services and products based on morals has a long history in this country uh including as i explained earlier temperate societies but also the outlying of opium and other drugs and it just seems to uh, or even just pornography it just seems to be in the spirit of uh of america america's attitude towards drugs and if you look at the reason that cigarettes and um alcohol are legal in the country it has a lot more to do with the inheritance of those practices from you know the initial period of colonization of north america so i think marijuana is a little bit different or it was viewed very differently and the fact that it is illegal has more to say about the social makeup of the country than anything else is anyone still awake? <laughs> oh, I certainly am not. Jesus Christ. After all my <laughs> ranting about the medical marijuana dispensaries, after all of that fucking history that you just gave us, <laughs> I'm ready to just dose myself to death. Yeah.
chicks cannot hold this smoke. That's what it is. Well, guys, I think that was a really great show, aside from the fact that my stomach is going nuts. That there's a uh, tentacle coming out of your butthole right now, <laughs> desperately trying to reach its way out of your body. Uh, I think I think it was good. I think we really got went deep into the marijuana question. Um, I I didn't mention the entire during the entire show that I watched a lot of Joe Rogan videos to uh, research for this show, and that guy <laughs> is a fucking moron. So, did you buy a lot of uh, those weird health products that he sells on the show, like different weights and get stronger things? Here's the, okay. Here's what I want to make illegal: Joe Rogan. Right to free speech. That dude okay. is just fucking stupid. Well, he's notorious in the stand-up comedy world for f- fighting, just fighting men, yes. just punching men. I mean, I, I mean, the free speech thing is obviously a joke, but it's hilarious to listen to these radio interviews that he does, where he is just saying absolute nonsense. Yeah. But because he's pulling it out of every crevice he can find it, nobody else can challenge him on any of these <clears throat> facts. Yeah. And so when they finally do, he's just like, "Well, it's just what I heard." It's just what I read. He did stick it to Carlos Mencia. Yeah, well, yeah. he's a he's an American hero for that. Yeah. But why didn't he punch Carlos Mencia? Why is he always just punching random patrons at, at comedy clubs? And also, I, I think in that video, that YouTube video, Carlos Mencia is like actually challenging him. Like, you want to go? And like, yeah, I think you're right. And Joe, yeah, and Joe Rogan is like, no, I don't want to. But it's like, dude, Joe Rogan does UFC. He would probably kill you. He yeah, that dude is him. a meathead. He's like one degree down from Henry Rollins. Yeah. Yeah, here's the thing. Okay. Joe Rogan's claim to fame is that he was Adam Adam Carolla's replacement on the man show. It's like, all right. No, I think his claim to fame was that he was that guy on news radio. Oh, yeah, good point. Oh, yeah, that would be his claim to fame. Sorry, Joe. Please. His name was Joe in the show he <laughs> Why do they do that in sitcoms? What a bunch of horseshit. Because he couldn't remember his character. Yeah, it's like the old Norm MacDonald thing. Like, you can never give him another character's name because he just won't forget. He won't remember it. Oh, man. Uh, I, I missed that show, Norm. And there was a funny joke where he was saying that some guy is so anal that he goes up on the roof of Toys R Us's and turns the R back around. <laughs> but, yeah, I think uh, I think that was a really good show. And I would like to... Uh, tell you guys, we got a very important voicemail on our hotline. Oh, we got a call this week? Shit. Yeah. Or, I mean, now we I... got, uh, of the thousands of calls we got, one of them was <laughs> fit to air. Right, exactly. Now, uh, I had to edit this down because it rambled for so long, but uh, it's pretty important, so here we go. This is okay. a very important voicemail. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm on Broadway, like, you know, maybe a week ago. Dude, I cut my hand and got some weird fucking infection. It's not cool. But, um, I got, uh, you know, four free passes, which means I can have a plus three. Um, you guys are welcome to come. Yeah, this is, uh, this is a banger, by the way. But anyway, yeah, I just want to know, uh, if y'all wanted to come because... I just really, I mean, ultimately, I want to ungay all of you. <laughs> and um, I don't want to sound homophobic because I'm not afraid of gay people. I just don't like people faking gay. <clears throat> you know, uh, at least not faking. 
I fail to see the connection between tiny penis and being gay, by the way. Well, he said, it was kind of hard to hear, he said that he doesn't like when people fake gay like we do. So I guess our behavior comes off as if we're pretending to be gay. He prefers real gays. Yeah. Uh, So is this a straight strip club we're going to or a gay strip club that we're going to with Danger? Well, it's apparently one... It's apparently one that uh, needs to be reupholstered because he cut his hand on a chair <laughs> and got infected. <laughs> yeah, and he I've... only got four free passes. <laughs> yeah, that's how they compensated him with free passes. He's got a really bad lawyer. <laughs> so he I represents like he, himself. It, I, my favorite. My favorite part is that the inimitable banger calls in and he forgets to say who he is for thirty seconds. <laughs> So, yeah, so I guess we're all going to San Francisco to go to a strip club. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you know what, guys? I want to propose that um, we that we do actually have a, a face-to-face episode. Um, I, you know, I would be down to travel down south and, and uh, you know, have a face-to-face episode down there. You guys are always welcome at my home here in the San Francisco Bay Area. My sister lives in New York. I'd love to travel out there. So I think we should organize an actual live episode one of these days. Well, I, th- I would really like to go to Dallas for the anniversary. Yeah. Because that is coming up. Why don't we iron, have a these, show why don't we iron all these plans out right here on the show? <laughs> But no, I would like to. I would like to thank Banger for calling. That was great to finally hear from him. Um, but we also uh, some other fans uh, got in touch with us. No, and we I would don't. like to say we don't have any. Ah, shut, shut up. We don't have any fans. Alice Carroll on Twitter said that the, her favorite part about the show is that we all laugh at each other's jokes, oh, which I think is a really so. good part. I think that was sarcasm. Oh, wait. Are you sure that wasn't Lewis Carroll? Um, hiding oh. different codes in the email by using right. the name he was, Alice. He was hiding the code that he he was Jack the Ripper. Yeah. That he was the Hashashin Jack the Ripper who got super high and killed prostitutes. Yeah. And then Thanks, we Alice. Also got, we also got a message. You. We also got a message from Tristan from Detroit. Uh, it's not a great story, but he emailed me to say uh, nothing exceptional at the store this week, sadly. But I was asked by a Latino dude playing the accordion on the street. If I could get out my harmonica to accompany him. I don't own a harmonica, but I guess I dress too much like a singing cowboy. (laughs) So, you know, that sounds like Tristan is having a great time up in Detroit dressing like a singing cowboy. And I would like to see a picture of that. Yeah, totes. Hey, Tristan. Good to hear from you. Um, So, yeah, if you would like to get in touch with us, fans, you can always call our hotline. It's 413-225-1963. Why do you think marijuana is illegal? And you can also listen fa- to this podcast. Yeah, that's a really great one. Uh, you can listen to you can also listen to the Weekly Dictator episode that Gene was on that is available on iTunes or through weeklydictator.com. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter inside jobscast uh, or you can email us insidejobscast at gmail.com. So Get in touch with us. We always love to hear from you. Talk, tell us about pot or tell us about um, other drugs that you like to do. Please uh, mail but... us the drugs so that we can <laughs> take them and then know what you're talking about. Yeah, we're, re- we're clueless now, as we noted at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for joining me for this, uh, this marijuana podcast. I think we did 
Uh, I think we did a really uh, stellar job. You're welcome, Brian. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you, Gene. And I'm thank you guys for not calling this a podcast, which I'm sure has been done on other podcasts. Ah! Oh, I didn't even fucking think of that. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for listening to our Bongcast. We will be next we'll be back next week for a microsode. Until then, follow the money. out of the picture because it was such a versatile and inexpensive uh, material to manufacture stuff with. Mm -hmm. Sorry, can you guys hear singing in the background? Uh, Yeah, that's coming from my outside my street. Oh, Oh, no. There is my roommate is singing in the shower. Oh. (laughs) Wondering. I normally I record in my room, but because I foiled out all my windows so I could sleep during the day. It's just weird to. To like record in there and, and like pitch darkness, so I moved out into the living room and he just wait. Came do, home you, and... do you not have a light bulb in in your room? No, I do. It's just it's just weird. Like it's it just feels like bulb. it feels like I'm recording at night. Yeah, I, I honestly I foiled out my windows and it's great. I love it. I like how dark it is. Really? Well, I have a really good lamp right at my desk. So also, you're goth. Yeah. Also, I've been listening to a lot of Echo and the Bunnymen. You're literally a Visigoth. <laughs> if Brian had ever been a goth, he would have been a Visigoth. He would have been Gothic architecture. And then annoy people with what a real goth is. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So I mean, okay, can you guys hear that? Hold yeah. on. Be, hold on. Oh Rusty uh, Banger I, just Facebooked I... me. Hey fucker. Nice. Sweet. No, I can't I can't hear you Every time I ask if you can hear it, he stops. What is he singing? I don't know. Huh. This is a, this is great content for a program.